You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. As Nada admitted to yesterday, there were a couple of L's that he took, and then you took a third one, Nada, when LaMelo Ball is uh, scheduled to meet with the Charlotte Hornets next week at some point. How are you feeling about taking three L's in just one day? Hold on. It's two and a half because you're sharing at least one, half of that one with me for. No, you're, I'm sharing. I'm sharing one of those. With you we're sharing it. So it's two and a half and you have a half of an L. Don't even try this. No, no, um, no, no, no. I would say that you take all full three L's. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher. Spotify, wherever you get your pods. You can follow us on Twitter, by the way, at Lockdown Hornets. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. And Donata is on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. Have some fun Charlotte Hornets Halloween things to get to in the second segment. I've never been more excited about one individual coaching staff than the Brooklyn Nets coaching staff that made another two interesting hires. One <laughs> a lot more interesting than the other. But we'll talk about that maybe in the third segment in today's pod. Also want to get to a tweet from Mark Stein to talk a little bit about what we can expect from the NBA season, another development on whether we get an NBA season in late December, whether it's mid-January, and if there's going to be even less games than 72, which was thrown out there in the initial reports with Woj, Zach Lowe, even Shams Sharania putting some stuff out there. Let's talk a little bit more about LaMelo. It's been a big-time NBA draft-heavy convo this week because of the rumors that the Hornets have been uh, have been a part of. Regarding their interest in James Wiseman, we also talked a little bit about Rick Bennell's comments on FNZ, how his sources are telling him LaMelo Ball is not doing well in interviews. So he had his interview with the Minnesota Timberwolves. There's also going to be an interview with the Golden State Warriors that is scheduled for early next week. Don't have an exact date on when he's going to interview with the Charlotte Hornets, but quote in this ESPN article, the expectation is that Ball will also interview with the Charlotte Hornets and Chicago Bulls who pick third and fourth. So when we talk about the L's, not a why, <laughs> I mean, for both of us, I guess, you know, yes. if he meets with the Charlotte Hornets, we both like LaMelo ball. Still, he interviews with these teams. It doesn't go really all that well. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, I guess, some of the reports that might come out about how interested these teams are. And, you know, if, if he still is having these reports out about him and these sources are still telling journalists and reporters everywhere. Yeah. He's just not doing very well in these interview processes. Then I wonder exactly how far he's going to drop. Do you think that he drops out of the top three, Nada, or do you think that, um, you know, it'll still be a situation where, uh, he's in the tier amongst James Wiseman and Anthony Edwards and um, you know, Chicago might have a shot at him, but it's going to be top three, maybe four, but he won't drop further than that. This like quite honestly, the, the idea that he should drop because he does bad. He has, he interviews poorly. Doesn't make any sense because at, at the end of the day, he's probably behind Wiseman and being the most talented guy in this class. So what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. I, I again, I understand why for certain in certain aspects, you would probably not want that around your team, especially if we're going to be talking about a condensed season next year. But at the same time, talent always wins. Talent is going to find a way to win for I mean, for heaven's sake, Walker, we just had a guy do a TV special workout last night. 
and Anthony Edwards and <laughs> Tyrese Maxey. Right. Like we had we had that go on because we are so starved for content. To be quite honest with you, again, I will always just keep saying this. We will we continually overthink this with LaMelo. He's really good at what he does. And as, as far as a baseline, even if one or two things do not translate, he's still a functional NBA player. There are not too many guys, especially in this draft, that you could say, you know what, if one or two things trans- don't translate, he's at least a half-decent role player. So, I, again, for me, he's got the highest floor of anybody in this draft. So no matter how poorly he interviews, he's worth he's worth the risk even at three. And if – People are so afraid of him in that building and he happens to fall and Wiseman's gone. Edwards is gone and he's there and they don't draft him. I hope they get a really decent haul to trade down. Um, what's interesting about Anthony Edwards, by the way, and some of these workouts is the fact that all of the best basketball players, not only of just the recent years or in our lifetime, but ever are in attendance for him when mm-hmm. he's working out. Like how about Michael Jordan having that photo circulate on Twitter of him being in the same gym as him in Atlanta as Anthony Edwards. And then now we have LeBron James and Anthony Edwards at Anthony Davis's workout or Anthony Edwards uh, workout, I should say, Mm -hmm. like, goodness gracious. I mean, he's just performing in front of all of these basketball stars, literally number one and number two on the all-time great list. He's had workouts in front of them going for, I don't, I'm sure that's happened at some point. um, But still, it seems pretty amazing just in the past, at least what weeks worth of time he's performed in the same gym that Michael Jordan was in as well as LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I know that's kind of awesome. I mean, it (laughs) does help that he is like part of clutch sports and that's a beautiful thing. I mean, Rich Paul knows how say what you want about LeBron and Rich Paul. They know what to do. And remember if Anthony Edwards to be, were to be on this team, he would not be the only clutch sports client because remember miles bridges is another, is another clutch sports client. So, there's a lot of this that just is like when we start talking about like Anthony Edwards and, and just all this stuff that can go on right now. It like I, I guess when we start talking about like temperament and culture fits and this, that and the third, I think we forget that if you have strong enough of a culture, people again, the culture will adapt the player and you'll get the most out of him. And if and quite honestly, and this is, goes back to Lamelo and to an extent Anthony Edwards, if you are afraid of breaking your culture one or two years in, that says a lot about what the cult, how fragile the culture that you've built is. And um, for someone that's been here for two, again, for two, three years, your culture should be pretty strong. Not only LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Michael Jordan, also Draymond Green, Trey Young, and Quavo were among those in attendance of for course, Clutch of course, Quavo Pro Day. Was. <laughs> of course, I love that Quavo was a part of the Pro Day that Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Maxey took part of, uh, televised, by the way, in LA. Before we take a quick break, I want to talk to you guys about Built Go. It comes from the same providers of the product as Built Bar. Uh, Built Go, whether it's a mental or a physical wall, you can break through it with Built Go 
every single day. They come in easy to take one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, or you can put it in your pocket just to get through the day with whatever obstacle might lie ahead. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's kind of like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so you know it's better for the body. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite your work. Built Go also then kicks in to keep you going strong throughout the day. Collagen promotes, by the way, joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. The stuff literally makes you look better too. Not only do you feel better, but you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Have a couple more segments to go before we end the week here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Uh, We'll talk about the tweet coming up next on what the NBA season could potentially look like. This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing... Mm -hmm then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise it's rather really than counterclockwise. It's really tough. i tried it. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So not a Mark Stein put out a tweet uh, not too long ago. NBA players may only be offered a 50-game season, I'm told. If the union insists on a mid-January start rather than the December 22nd proposal because the league's television partners do not want the 2020-2021 season to stray past mid-July or clash with the Tokyo Olympics. So the union is insisting on perhaps a mid-January start. And because of that, the NBA players may only be offered a 50-game season. Not a what do you make of Mark Stein's tweet and another potential way that the NBA season could happen in 2020-2021. This is closer to what I expected, quite honestly. The 70, again, I think when we had this conversation before, this was one of those times where I would think, hey, look, 72 games is too much, especially when you probably have the threat of LeBron not playing probably the first month because the turnaround time is so, 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 so short. 50 games tells me a couple of things. 50 games tells me it's closer to probably what everybody wants and needs. And to, and most importantly, it gets everybody out mid-July. They don't clash with the Olympics, which would have gotten just absolutely the NBA ratings would have absolutely gotten a just obliterated and you would have 30 million think pieces on it. There's also the fact that I wonder what the money situation is going to be like for that. Like what's the BRI going to be expected? And if TV is driving this decision and if TV partners are like, Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We can't have the finals here then TV is going to be making a little bit more of a suggestion. And I do think we're, I think we're closer to getting the schedule. I think we're not going to get Christmas games. I wish we would, but at the same time, I'm not so certain that this isn't going to be the thing. I think they'll probably try to get more games in, but I would, again, 50 games feels like natural to me. So Mark Stein would also go on to tweet a 50 game season. It would reduce player salary significantly this next season. Since NBA pay adheres to a regular season schedule, the NBA 72 game model calls for teams to play roughly 14 games a month through May, followed by the playoffs through mid-July before the Olympics begin. They are not trying to compete with the Olympics here. And he would also mention, so the Pacers, Malcolm Brogdon, who was on the union's executive committee, 
told Rachel Nichols yesterday he expects today's deadline on talks to be extended for the fourth time this year, but a resolution in the standoff is expected by next week with all sides antsy for clarity. It doesn't seem like the negotiations between both sides are ugly, Nada, and perhaps it it just looks all rosy compared to a baseball negotiation that was about as bad as you could possibly get. And mm-hmm. the way that the NFL negotiation didn't go all that rosy either. It seems like the NBA, the relationship between the two, it does serve pretty well here. It's just with what Mark is, is tweeting. I'm not saying there couldn't be a holdup in some of the negotiations that you have, but one, it doesn't seem like they're too crazy far off, like 22 mm-hmm. games. It's a big difference. I wonder what kind of compromise they could come to, but it just, doesn't seem like this is headed towards disaster like what we got with baseball and how we kind of flirted with that in the NFL. Yeah, no, again, the the one thing I do worry about, quite honestly, the most honestly, the most thing I worry about right now is that you're going to end up. I just don't want to see the baseball. I don't want to see the baseball scenario where the owners basically play this hardline stance of only wanting to play 60 games and then end up basically trying to kill any interest in the sport whatsoever. Like that's my biggest fear when we have, when we have all these conversations and I want the NBA and NBA officials to understand that, you know what? The NBA is kind of niche. It's very high level niche sport, but it's still niche. There's only going to be so many people that are going to be interested in any given time. And Michael Jordan is a once in a lifetime athlete. That's going to draw ratings like that. So I'm hoping and I key, key word, hoping that they everyone comes to their senses and hope. But something tells me this is going to get ugly. I have a yeah. bad feeling it's going to get ugly. And I, don't, I just don't want it to be ugly. Yeah, I'm not there. I, I certainly hope it doesn't. I'm not there either. Like, I, I hope it doesn't. And I don't think it will. But certainly anything is possible when you're talking about people's money. And it, it, it's a significant drop. I'm, I, I just don't think it's a, as bad as what we were talking about with baseball. When you're talking about 160 game season, I, I forget both of those parties were making the most gross uh, proposals the other way. Like they were half hearted. They weren't serious. They weren't legit, uh, legitimate proposals. I feel like base. I, I feel like the players at one point in baseball amidst their negotiations had like some semblance, maybe just a little tiny piece of an olive branch that was in there. And then the owners came back with some ridiculous proposal. I I just don't think it gets like that. Granted low bar. I I don't think that this gets too ugly. I hope that they're able to resolve this. And real quickly, I did talk about an exciting coaching staff. I want to save an entire segment for our Halloween Hornets theme Mm -hmm. conversation, but Mike D'Antoni nada is going to be on the coaching staff um, alongside a Steve Nash. And so is Ime Udoka, which is significant because we know about his time with the San Antonio Spurs. And mm-hmm. he was actually a name that was a possibility to become the head coach for the Charlotte Hornets. So when you look at Steve Nash's coaching staff, his coaching staff consists of Jacques Vaughn, Amari Stoudemire, Mike D'Antoni, and Ime Udoka. I mean, I've never been more excited for a coaching staff in my entire life, whether it works, whether it doesn't work. I want to see <laughs> that specific coaching staff more than any other staff in the NBA. Look, I understand why you want to be excited about this. I also think this is this has the capability of backfiring miserably. How many cooks in that? That's ki- fine. There's a lot of cooks in that kitchen. A lot of cooks. And you know what, though? Here's the th- Here's the crazy part to this. And I just now thought about this. This basically ends up being like one of those things. Like, remember how Kyrie was talking about 
Well, one day I might be the coach. Well, they're close to actually actualizing that. One day, D'Antoni might be the coach. Another day, Ime Udoka might be the coach. Another day, Amari might be the coach. Steve may not feel like coaching a week for a week, and he might want to go. <laughs> he might want to go catch a Tottenham game. So he may let D'Antoni coach or whatever, or Jacques Vaughn, who's still there. Like that's the one person I feel horrible about for all of this. Because if you were Jacques Vaughn, do you really want to be that in that coaching room? And basically, you were the boss, and now you are such middle management you are basically you've gone from the corner office to the broom closet think yeah, about that but i mean here's the thing though with Jacques vaughn um it's i wonder how much on the same page he is with everybody else on the coaching staff because you know i guess he did play for the spurs i don't know if he has any relationship with Ime udoka at all but i know he did play with the spurs but here's the thing you know d'antoni steve nash and amari stoudemire you would think would be all on the same page yes and and with kevin durant and kyrie irving kevin durant being a little bit more so but them being a fan of steve nash to be the head coach i look it could all it could all burn up in flames i get that during the season um, it just seems like everybody's on the same page though. Like you're getting the Phoenix suns. You are getting the band back together at a time where that music should be the most popular. Like it, now that music is the most popular and you're getting them back together after they were just ahead of their time. And I would love to see how they react in a modern time here, especially with Antoni being a part of the most modern offense that we've seen with the Houston Rockets, as far as its emphasis on three point shots, shots at the rim and free throws go. I, I, how much do they lean into that? Yeah, with no James Harden on the team. I don't know. I'm fascinated to see how everything works, but we'll take a quick break. I want to get to the Charlotte Hornets Halloween discussion. We have a couple of questions. One question, what is the number one Charlotte Hornets nightmare that keeps you up at night? Also, we will go with, of course, we have our calorie spike Charlotte Hornets names. We have our player hater uh, comp, uh, comps that we have. We need to get to, by the way, before the NBA draft comes about. But now we will have the Halloween Charlotte Hornets names. That's coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm, I'm a little, I listen, hold on. I, now see. Uh, I, we couldn't just blow by that one. Well, you had because this is what frustrates me. You know I'm uh, under the weather. You know I'm not at 100% right now. And you're you're just taking it to me. You're like one of these people that knew Nick Batum had a hand injury. And they were just slapping his hand. Because it's like, we're going we're gonna to knock this guy's hand because we know he's injured. And that's what you're doing to me right now. But I just want to say, Sam, if you're listening, you're more than a numbers guy. You have heart. You have soul. You have agency. You are a person. Love you, Sam. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Nada, where do you want to start first? Do you want to come up with the play that still gives you nightmares um, that is in the Charlotte Hornets fabric? Or do we want to go with, let, let's do that first, and then we'll get to the Charlotte Hornets names. I'm going to lead us off. So mm-hmm. it was, I believe, an ESPN Twitter account question they put out there. What play still gives you nightmares? We're going to make it local and go with the Charlotte Hornets angle. Mm-hmm. The, fir- the first one I thought of, it, it's funny, it's not. It's probably not the the one that, most Hornets fans think of, but for some reason that Jimmy Butler game winning three to spoil the Kimball Walker 60 point performance. I just, I hated that. Like I wanted all the good <laughs> feelings when Kimball Walker gave us that kind of performance and it just had some power taken away from it because Jimmy is the coldest dude in the NBA and he hits that three to spoil it a little bit. That was one play that I came up with. It's not necessarily number one. I I came up with some better examples, but for some reason that one, that one just irks me Nada, and I don't really know why, but it continues to irk me that we had some of that significance of that moment taken away because of Jimmy Butler. Look, I'm surprised. Like that was the first, that was the first one that came to you. 
I am utterly disappointed because we were both in the building for the, for my first the first one that came to my mind which was the Zach Levine one from last year oh my god where he scored well, what like 8 points in the last what 10 seconds or something like that it was ridiculous and and of course you're thinking of just i mean the utter disaster that was Levine I, what was it Levine that got the steal or did he just get the pass I, I don't know i just know that it was a steal on the inbounds pass just completely the hornets shooting themselves in the foot hitting the turnaround three could not have been more wet just drano through the bucket and eventually the chicago bulls find a way to win you're right about that one you were so right about that one yeah like that like again because the big thing was like i (laughs) i just remember just it being dead silent (laughs) dead dead silent after that and again me i'm sitting there my damn dumb ass is thinking oh no no big deal we're just going to overtime nope he won yeah. the game. Uh, he was a legitimate monster against the Hornets that night. I think he went for 52, or, right? Like, I mean, I know he had maybe 11, 12, three-pointers against the Hornets. Maybe it was even 13. I just keep counting up. I forgot about uh, just his overall performance, but I do remember that play. And, and then uh, Eric Collins' call, by the way, was fantastic. As mm-hmm. you would see some highlights, just the pure agony that you could see and hear in Eric Collins. It was amazing. That is uh, that is still a play that gives me nightmares. I think Eric Collins wakes up at night still thinking about that play. All right. Uh, purple shirt guy. Yes. Probably the biggest monster, right? Like you got to go with that postseason appearance. It's the most significant basketball the Hornets have played in the last uh, damn near two decades. You can mm-hmm. go back to the 01 postseason run that they had, but certainly the last decade, it was the most significant basketball. And of course, we all know about purple shirt guy revving Dwayne Wade up enough for him to take it upon himself to destroy the Charlotte Hornets chances of moving on to the second round. So that is another, not even play just kind of moment. That is a nightmare in Hornets history. Yeah, no, that's, that's just who boy. I can't uh, think of anything else though. Nada. Were you able to think of any other plays? That's kind of recent. I, we, when we did the rewatches during yeah. the pandemic at its peak, when we had zero content to discuss, we were doing these rewatches. And I remember watching a, a game in Milwaukee in that 2001 postseason trip for the Charlotte Hornets. And I remember Ray Allen hitting a corner three, I think to basically serve as the dagger. And then the Hornets would not move on to the conference finals where maybe they could have beaten Philadelphia. I think there was a possibility that that could have happened. But I remember the Ray Allen three when we were going back and rewatching some of those games in the corner. I think that was a play that, you know, if, if it wasn't so distant, maybe that would be one that gave us nightmares. No, you see, the thing is, I couldn't think of a play, but I could think of a moment that gave us nightmares for quite a while. You oh, know what that moment it. is? What's that? That is the Rich Cho finding out that we're drafting number two. Well, so you just had, oh, oh, right. Because, right. Because we were going to get Anthony day. I thought you were mm-hmm. going to go with the selection. I was like, at the time we didn't hate it, but mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. I mean, finding out that we were going to miss lottery. out on Anthony Davis, the, the one sure thing in that NBA draft that we were all excited about. You're right. That is a moment, maybe not a play, but a moment that still gives us nightmares. We can probably go to a million different yes. nightmares you know, on draft night. I mean, good God, we're still a little cringy. I think we flinch anytime we talk about anytime I hear with the blank pick, the Charlotte Hornets select, I cringe. I flinch a little bit out of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let's go to the names. Nada. let's go back and forth here. So yes. as we've known, it, it, people understand if they listen to this podcast long enough, it's our favorite thing to do. We don't do it nearly enough. And we've been lazy thinking of some of these games. We still need to do the player hater comp that we, we have. will be doing that at some point in the, in November. 
we need to do that. Uh, we also like the calorie spike names <laughs> when I flubbed up somehow. I forget what I said, but it made somebody fat. And then we just ran with Charlotte Hornet's fat names. Now mm-hmm. I want to have the Halloween uh, Charlotte Hornet name edition. So I will go first. I will lead off mm-hmm. with my fish being named Kendall Gills. Uh, I'm also going to name a uh, Kendall ghoul for the Halloween edition of that player. Do you like Kendall ghoul? Can I interest you in that as a lead off? Eh, that's a pretty good lead off. That's a pretty good lead off. All right. Yeah. I didn't love it. I didn't feel the emphasis there. Let's see what you have to lead off your order. All right. I- I'm going to go with Dell buried alive. God almighty. <laughs> God. That's just morbid. Not yes. these, these, these go, these get pretty dark. These um, get pretty dark. I'm warning everybody we made now. Del Curry, Del buried alive. Goodness gracious. Mine are a little bit more elementary, but uh, yeah. goodness gracious. All right. Uh, my next one, I, I know I'm going to skip that one. Uh, how about Frankenstein Kaminsky? Is that solid? Well, he that moved like Frankenstein, so that's accurate. That's kind of lame. Frankenstein Kaminsky is lame. <laughs> it's fine. You can make fun of me. No, Let's no, hear. it's it's accurate. He moved like Frankenstein on defense. Uh, yeah, I think they still can see the bolts in his neck. What's the next one that you have, Nada? All right. Jeremy Silence of the Lambs. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. I was trying to think of like Sacrificial Lamb. I didn't think that was yeah. great. Silence of the Lambs is solid. I like that yeah. one. A uh, horror film being mentioned there. Um, Eddie Bones. <laughs> that that's wow that is a good one it's elementary it's elementary <laughs> all these names are for my elementary school class apparently all of these were made by a five-year-old and for some reason they make me laugh but that's what i'm going at well you you went with del curry you went with del buried alive and you went yes. with jeremy silence of the lambs about one of the best serial killers of all time interesting yes. all right let's hear yes. the other one uh, kemba stalker Kemba Stalker solid. Thought about that one. Um, Kemba yeah. Stalker is a good one. Some more elementary one. One, we can just go with one that's real. Scary Terry. That's just an automatic name that's in there. And I'll also give you another one that kind of is along the same lines. Matt Scarroll. Another that elementary. That works. <laughs> it works. I have one more. Strong. I have one go more. Ahead. And that's literal. Alonzo Morning. Yeah, with M-O-U-R, because you're talking about mourning at a funeral for yes. Halloween, like yes. another morbid, dark one. This is yours are really, really disturbing. Uh, the only other ones that I have, I've got one one more and it's my favorite one. Um, and we'll end on this one. Jamal Monster Mashburn. You like that one? I do like that one. Dude, you got to give me some love. Give me I, some. I do I, like if you want to call everybody one good. lame, Jamal Monster Mashburn, by the way, my favorite holiday song, including any Christmas song you can come up with. Yeah, give me the Monster Mash. That's a mad jam. Jamal Monster Mashburn. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to Built Go for supporting the show. And thanks to you guys for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Have a happy Halloween weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday.